Welcome to the aggressive life. We've just turned the page on a new year. Turn the page. Dirt, you know what song that is? Or are you too young? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me. I know. It sounds familiar, but honestly, I can't. I can't tell you right now. Now here I am, up on a road again. Yeah, I see. I, uh, uh, Bob Seger. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, all my dad would be very disappointed. All in me. white people over fifty <laughs> will appreciate it. It's turn the page. Yeah, is how he said it. Yes. Anyway, turn the page, and I hope you're thinking about the future. I'm not talking today about resolutions. But I am saying the year is ahead of us. Do you got a vision for the next 12 months? Is there anything different you want to do? I had a vision for 2022. One of my things I chose to do was do 10 push-ups at minimum every time I peed. 10 push-ups every time I peed. And it worked up to about August. And I would say I didn't do it every time, probably 9 out of 10. August, I stopped. I mean, as far as, why did I make it as far as August? Because I blew my elbow out. That's why, that's why I developed bone spurs on my elbow and I couldn't, I, I'm still actually on a tricep workout fast. I'm still not doing triceps right now because I just, the position of my hands just, just jacked up my, my left elbow and my tricep. Anyway, all what I'm saying is you can't say you're going to do things and you can do them. It's really really possible, especially if you believe that your future is secure. I had an ability to speak to a group of people in a different setting, and that's what I chose to talk about, that your future is secure. I know that sounds really weird because we've built our economy on fear. We buy things out of fear. We fear missing out. We're sure that the apocalypse and ever-escalating inflation is right around the corner. We're sure that we all ought to be preppers. I ought to have more ammo. I ought to have more rice. I ought to have more water. I, I, everything is going to go bad all the time. It's just kind of the way we think as Americans. We're, we're not the land of the free. We're the land of the fear. When you believe that your future is secure, things open up for you you're able to actually do things you wouldn't have been willing to do before. That's the source of the talk. And your future is secure if you have a relationship with God. And specifically, and you don't have to believe this right now, but this is the talk and maybe I'll help you understand this. If you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus of Nazareth, also known as Jesus Christ. This is a talk I delivered in November to a bunch of 18 to 24 year olds. And to them, the future might look bright, but it's also daunting. And actually many in that age range, the future doesn't look bright at all. The younger you are in America, the more stressed you are, the more fearful you are, the more angry you are, or not necessarily angry, but the more depressed you are, the more anxious you are. Why is that? Well, I'm going to touch on that in just a little bit to help you see that your future is secure. We'll get back to some other format next week, but this is it for today. I hope to give you a shot of confidence about the year ahead. Your future is secure. Let's get moving. Hey, let's stand on our feet right now and give it up for our senior pastor, Brian Tome. (laughs) 
Man, all right, all right. I'll own it. I'll own it. I'm the oldest person here. I get to fill the dad role. And I'm going to do that joyfully tonight. I'm going to do that tonight. I have, uh, man, I've been through a lot of difficulty in my life. I've been through a lot of ups and downs. And what I noticed is the one thing that I can always depend on is the truth that's in this book. I'm going to give you a verse tonight that uh, I've memorized, but I'm going to read it for you anyway, just so you know I'm getting it right. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says this, And I am sure of this, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. What does this mean to you? It means your future is secure. It's secure. For much of my life, I've had levels of stress. All of us have stress, anxiety, fear in one degree or another. All of us have different things that have triggered it. Some of my things have been... Gosh, seven years to get through college. Some of you are going to do it in four years. Very, very impressive. It took me seven years. My, I still have recurring nightmares today. Not today. Four days ago, literally a recurring nightmare that I had a final the next day that I didn't know about and didn't study about. I still have this on and on and on. Massively difficult. I got inside of credit card debt that was incredibly painful and caused me to fear credit card debt. Credit card debt was so bad, I got married. And after two months of having our own apartment, I had to humiliate myself and go into my father-in-law's attic with my new wife, with his daughter, because we couldn't afford our life given the level of debt that I had. We had a kid and this level of stress and anxiety was high because we had zero medical insurance. You know how humiliating it is to go into a hospital and just tell them I'd like to have my child here, but I can't afford it and then put you on charity care. And I was thankful for it. I've had the stress and difficulty of starting a church, the stress and difficulty and anxiety of keeping uh, a bunch of nonprofits I've helped started keep going. And I have to say to myself before God, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. Why? Because my future is secure. I don't know that there's ever been a more important word that all of us need to hear, especially those of us who are younger. The American Psychiatric Association takes a look at what's happening in our country. Near in two, nearly two in three adults, that's 65%, say that the certain, there's a certain amount of uncertainty in our nation causes them stress. 60%, 60% of all of us, say the number of issues that we are currently facing as America is overwhelming. And here's the thing, on top of those statistics, the younger you are, the worse you're doing. This is the way it is in every developed country as they take these statistics. The younger you are, the more stressed you are, the more anxious you are, the more fearful you are, the more likely you're on medication, the more likely there's other medical, mental illness issues. The younger you are, the worse off you are. Why is that? The number of different theories for this. One is, well, younger people, they're just weaker. Next generation, just they're, 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 they're not as good. You've heard it, you know, the snowflake generation, all that kind of stuff. Do you realize that every generation in American history since the Revolutionary War has said that about the next generation? 
every generation thinks that they're the best ones and the ones coming after them are losers. It's just not true. But that's one theory. Maybe this is the weakest generation. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true, but that's one theory. Another theory, which of course you'd know about, you're aware of this, but we ought to at least talk about it, is social media. I, I can't imagine how much more stress I would have had when I was 18, 19, 20, if I knew I was losing. <laughs> I can't imagine seeing pictures of people who are doing things that I couldn't do and I couldn't afford to do. I can't imagine how much more credit card debt I would be in. Fortunately, I only had spent time with losers, so I felt like it was okay. <laughs> so social media is definitely jacking it up. The third thing is I want to spend the rest of our time. The third, the third reason why possibility for why the younger you are, the more stressed, the more anxious you are, is the younger you are, the less likely you've grown up in a culture that respects God. The younger you are, the more the worldview has taken over your mind, your acquaintances, your education, your everything that says you are random chance accident. There's a random amalgamation of proteins. There was this cosmic goo. And over random periods of time and natural selection, there's you. So there's cosmic goo and there's you. Don't you feel good about yourself? And the answer is no, no. How can you possibly feel secure in a future when it's all about you, when you and I know that we're not that good and we're not that adequate? It's warping us, it's hurting us, it's killing us, it's wiping us out. I had on my podcast, oh gosh, maybe two years ago, a psychologist, a Jewish psychologist, very, very smart woman, and she deals with, children and families that are in stress and anxiety and fear. And, and she tells parents, she said, if you don't believe in God, you need to lie to your child. She puts that clearly. Because she says, you might have some great comfort that there's nothingness. And when you die, it's blackness and there's nothing but you, but your child doesn't. They can't handle the idea that there's just blackness and there's nothingness. So if you want your child to not struggle with fear and anxiety, you need to tell them what you don't believe yourself. She tells them to lie. Her name is Erica Commissar. I just want to tell you, I want to tell you right now, is it any, is it any, any surprise at all that we're doing everything we can to tell one another there is no God, there is no higher entity, there's nothing out there, and then we actually act like it? What did you think would happen if you told a whole culture and a whole younger generation that you are alone, you are so very alone, that there is nobody that has your back, there's no higher power, there's no backstop, there's no power beyond your own pocketbook or the government? What did we think would possibly happen other than what's happening right now? Youngest generation in crisis, because we're getting the fruit of our labors, the fruit of our teaching that says it's all about you. That verse said, he, he who has begun a good work is faithful to complete because your future is secure. He, not me, he, he. I think it's interesting that it doesn't even say God. It says he. Why he? I don't want to really debate the whole thing of, is God male, female? Because Jesus says, the New Testament says God is spirit. So where there's spirit, there's not genitalia. Now, Jesus certainly had genitalia. But God is, 
doesn't have genitalia. So how do you understand, is he male or female? I don't want to get into the whole, is God male or female? But all I want to do is say this verse and the rest of them in the Bible, when they talk about God, they call him a he, not really saying he is, he is the best way, but it's saying he's a personal God with personalities, with a personality. He, he understands things. He's knowable. He's not just this general cosmic aura that's out there. He's someone you can know and someone you can interact with. He isn't me. Because if I'm left to me, I don't have the resources to get through my stress, get through my anxiety, and get to a future that's secure. But he will give you a future that's secure. When I saw this just come so beautifully into focus was when I went over to India. The first time I went over to India, we had started uh, some homes that were helping children who had come out of the rape-for-profit industry. That's what a brothel is in India the rape-for-profit industry of minors, of young girls. And as these girls would get rescued, they, would, they are put into a, a place where for years and years they are deprogrammed and tried to understand that there is a God who loves them and trying to understand that there is a purpose for them and there is a future for them. And I came into one of the exercises in this home that we... We, uh, we support, and they brought in a, um, this guy who had these, this whole drum set, and he, he gave everybody drums, so I was there as a visitor, so I sat in a circle with all the girls, and I had a drum, and he's like kind of drumming, and we all start drumming together, and he drum softly, and we drum softly, start drumming loudly, we start drumming loudly in different cadences. It was really cool, the whole thing, right? And then he gets done with the whole thing, and, and then he tries to give his talk to everybody, and he says this, what did we learn today? What we learned is... In here, everything that we need is in us. That's what we learned. Everything we need is inside of us. I looked around at these girls, knowing myself that this is certainly not what the Bible says. He who, he who started a good work in you is faithful to complete. He, not me, he. And I looked, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm looking at the girls, and these girls just looking at him like, what are you talking about? See, only, only in a spoiled country like ours where we can debate endlessly, have time to debate endlessly, and we don't have to worry about shelter, food, or staying dry. When you don't have to worry about shelter, food, or staying dry, you can have all kinds of inter interesting theoretical ideas like, oh, we all have the power within. It's all me. I have all the things. I but it's not until you get to the most extreme situation that you can actually test an argument. In this extreme situation, these girls looked at him and basically said to him, I call bullshit on you and your worldview, is what they said to him. They didn't say that with their words. They said it with their eyes. Because these girls are like, what are you talking about? I was, I was in a brothel with zero hope, no power in me to get me out of a brothel, and somebody busted in the door, which was funded, wow, by the way, was funded by people who believed in Jesus and believed that this world is supposed to give hope. And they busted into the brothel and they got me out, and they're right now trying to get me to a place that I've never been in my life. All the, all the answers, everything I need is inside of me? No, it's outside of me. It is He. That's what a savior is. That's who Jesus is. It's a savior. Now, when you understand that this is the way your future is secure by looking at he and not at me, by seeing that he started something in you. You're here tonight, not by accident, because 
He started something in you. And there's something maybe here that he's going to continue to build on and build your work. When you start to see this, things in the Bible come alive. Let me just give you a couple more verses. Just see, this isn't like one verse I'm just kind of reading into. In the book of 1 Thessalonians. Book of 1 Thessalonians. Where is it? There he is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Your future is secure when you allow him to surely do it. This doesn't mean that you sit back and you don't take major moves in your life. It doesn't mean you're just passive and letting life happen to you. It means I'm able to step out because he is faithful to do it. He is faithful to complete it. Also, in the book of 1 Peter, it says this. And after you have suffered a little while, let that sink in for a little bit. And after you have suffered for a little while, one of the things you can be sure of is you will suffer. And if you're afraid of suffering, then get used to having chronic stress and anxiety in your life. You will suffer. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how bad it's going to be. But I just want to be one guy to tell you the truth. It's going to happen. It is. And probably worse than any of the suffering you've had. Yes, your worst days may be ahead of you. Doesn't that make you feel real good? <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, man. I'm just telling you. If you, if you keep thinking this Pollyanna crap that it's all about in me and I just got to think a better thing for me and it's all going to work out what I'm going to do. It's, come on, come on. Can we be adults here and think about world history and the history of the Bible? You and I are going to have difficult. I'm not saying you aren't going to have a secure future. I'm not saying God isn't going to do something great in you. I'm not saying that. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete. Your future is secure. And in the midst of that future, you're going to go through difficulty. So when you understand you're going to go through difficulty, guess what? You don't have to be stressed about it because it's going to happen. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of it because you know it's going to be real. But greater is him who is within you than him who is in the world. That's what Jesus said. And it continues, it says this. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Oh man, that's some good stuff right there. Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Why? Because your future is secure. Why? Because he is secure. Friends, if you, want to, if you want what everybody else has, then just keep thinking like everybody else. Just keep thinking that if the right person gets in office, and if you think the right thoughts, and if the right public policies are in, in line, then everything will be okay. And as you see those things not happen, what happens? You're going to get more stressed, more anxious ribbon, more freaked out. But if you have a centered worldview that says, no, difficult times are going to come, but it's okay, because he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. That's one thing I'm sure of. You believe that, you act that way, your future will be secure. Thank you very much. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's a product I use every day. I started taking... AG1 because 
I don't watch my diet too closely, but I know that I'm getting all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients I can, as well as hydrating with 12 ounces of water right off the bat at the beginning of the day. One scoop of AG1, it's got 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it doesn't taste like it. It actually tastes great. AG1 is a micro habit with big benefits. For less than $3 a day, you can take care of your health and invest in your future. It's recommended by professional athletes, health experts, and me. (laughs) To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So go get you some and let's get back to the show. Awesome. Real quick, as you guys entered today, we had you guys drop a Lego in a bin that talked about what area you most stress about, what area you most worried about. And there was actually a tie. There was a tie between my financial security and my career. My career, my financial security. Those two are linked. And so I actually, real quick, before we go, have a challenge for Brian. If you are willing, (laughs) talk to us a little bit about how we can not have anxiety, not have fear, in connection to our career and our financial security. You think you can do that? I can do that. Sweet. Let's give it up for Brian one more time. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Oh, man. These are, these, these are separate but related questions. Financial security. I think what we have to do is we have to redefine what financial security is. Financial security doesn't mean financial success. Financial security means I'm going to be able to pay my bills and things will be fine. They will be fine. They'll be fine. I remember my son said to me, he said, you know, dad, you know, we're the, we're the, we're the, I don't know when I imitate what he says, but I talk like him. He goes, you know, dad, they say that, uh, they said my generation is going to be the first generation doesn't exceed you in income earning. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, Jake, every generation has been saying that about themselves, at least since I've been around. And let me tell you, if you think, if you think you're not going to out-earn me, then you're not going to out-earn me. I cannot believe the things that my kids do that I never could have done at 22, 25, 29, 30. Never, 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 ever, 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 ever. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you think you're going to always be poor and have no money, you will always be poor and have no money. Again, again, he who began a good work and you is faithful to complete it. So I think we've also got to make, make peace with, um, with not having everything in the world, not having it all. I, when I first went into ministry, there was a person I looked at and I really respected greatly. And I said, hey, what, what, what do I have to do to last long-term ministry? I expected him to tell me something about how to study the Bible or something like that. And he said, he said, what I would do is you've got to make peace of the fact that you'll never have as much money as the people you do ministry with. He said, you're working student ministry. Kids are going to have t- uh, tennis shoes that their parents are going to buy them and you're not going to be able to afford. I was like, wow, uh, okay. 
to think of that. That's still, that's still true to this day. And I, wake, I make way more money than I ever, ever, ever thought I would. I was on a trip recently, and the people I was on a trip with, they had, um, while the hurricanes were happening down south, they were worrying about their second homes, their condos down in Florida. And I was just joking with them. I said, I want to be stressed about my second home in Florida. <laughs> I, I want to be stressed about my second home. Why, why can't I be stressed about my second home in Florida? I, I don't have a second home in Florida. I just, yeah, we have to make peace that there's going to be a limit to where we are. And you have to recognize if you put your head down and work, the resources will come. The Bible speaks this very, very clearly. Ecclesiastes says that again. If you put your head down and work, the resource will come to you if you don't follow your passion. If you, for your career, want to follow your passion, if you're good to be in poverty the rest of your life, that may be okay. I know this is totally counter, I'm your dad here, right? I said I'm gonna be your dad. Tell you right now, like, if you think at 22, 23, you're gonna have your dream job and follow your passion and make Jack, you are sorely mistaken. You need to see work for what it is. It's a job, (laughs) It's a way to put food in the table. It's a, way to, it's a way to bless your family. It's a way to give yourself a life. It's not the way to fulfill your life. You may have a fulfilling life through your job, may, but if you go into every job that you have expecting this needs to fulfill me, this needs to be something that looks great on Instagram, it will be really, really tough. People tell me, ask me, they say, if you weren't in ministry, what would you do for a living? And I quote uh, for them, uh, the guy I bought a boat from years ago, I've sold it. Uh, I went into him and he was, uh, owned this boat store thing. And I thought, man, you must love what you do. I'm thinking he had these amazing dreams when he was a kid and his dad was pulling him around on a tube or something like that. I thought there was this origin story for how he had this like boat thing. I said, you, you must have amazing memories with the boat. He said, uh, no, 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 not at all. I said, really? I said, well, wh- wh- why, are you, why are you selling boats? He goes, it, it's just a good business, that's all. <laughs> and when I heard that initially, I was like, what? What? You mean boats aren't your passion? Outdoor recreation, water sports aren't your passion? It was my initial thing, like, shocked by that. And then I thought, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of sense. So when people ask me that question, I'd say, I, I would, I would, probably just start a business, any business, it wouldn't matter. I'd like to employ people. I'd like to have flexibility of finances and I, whatever, selling widgets, selling boats, whatever. I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably, I say all that, not saying you need to start a business, but I think that part of the problem with the younger generations is you're being sold a, a vision for your life that just doesn't work. Having a dream job and having it be easy every day is just, it just, it just, it, friends, it won't work. So the sooner you can learn that and just put work in its proper place as a way to be productive, honor God in that job and pay bills and open up futures, future possibilities, the sooner you do that, you're on your way to having a really good career. But the place to start is do not follow your passion. You earn the right to have your passion come more and more in line with your work. You earn the right for that over time, but you need to be about your skill set and your work ethic in the early days. And the money and everything else will follow. So that's what I got for you. 
Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.